Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru. Offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Discover Asheville's scenic beauty and intriguing history along with a local handcrafted beverage this winter while you cozy up on top of award-winning rooftop bars. Tours offered daily year-round with safety protocols followed on every tour and transportation is provided. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com and by romanticashville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting romanticashville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on pretty much all podcast platforms now, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news and helpful tips and links to stories from people who love the idea of travel, packing their bags, and going on a journey to someplace new and exciting. Well, my guest today is Jenny Cressman. Jenny is the author of Cuban Kisses, a novel that draws on many of Jenny's own life experiences. You can read this book and literally take a trip to Cuba without leaving your home. Jenny, it is so great to have you back on Speaking of Travel. Yes, it's great to be back. You're always such an interesting person to be interviewed by. Well, thank you. And I just love that... I've been to Cuba, you've been to Cuba many times, and somehow our paths just never crossed when we were there. We're going to have to make up for that sometime. Absolutely. (laughs) So Jenny, let's catch up. You, uh, last time we talked to you was a while back and you were in the process of writing the book. I think the book might have already been completed. I'm not sure. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, I actually wrote three books, boom, boom, boom. So the first one is now in print. And then I very quickly started working on the second and the third in the series. So it's called the Cuban Kisses series. And the second book will be Cuban Wishes. And then there'll be the third one coming out later in the fall. And I don't want to give too much away by even giving the title. (laughs) Well, there you go. You're a woman of mystery. And I love that about you. So give us a a little backstory, Jenny, on how you even started going to Cuba in the first place. Okay. Well, um, it was really by fluke. I I got started in 2009. A a gal pal and I were just looking for some place to 
escape winter in Canada that are winters here are just far too long. So we wanted to go somewhere warm and sunny. And um, she'd been to Cuba and that sounded fine with me. I'd never been there, um, but I was game to go wherever. The first friend who was actually signed up to go with me uh, had a problem uh, with a pump in her house. And so she had to cancel at the last minute when we were just about to book. And I you know, put the call out to a couple of girlfriends and one of them said, yeah, I'll go anywhere cheap. And so we ended up at Maria del Portillo, which is a very popular but cheap place out of the way in Cuba. If you think of Cuba as a leg with a foot, it's kind of near the heel, whereas Havana would be near the knee. Yes, that is actually my first trip to Cuba was via Canada. I -hmm. flew to Toronto and uh, got on a plane with a group of Canadians in the dead of their winter and flew 90 miles south to Cuba Mm -hmm. and went to Moria del Portillo and just absolutely fell in love with not only the small resort there, but the people there. Yes, the people are wonderful. And I've since then traveled to many other parts of Cuba. But I think that area, the people are just so much more open and warm and friendly. And the scenery can't be beat. The the majesty of the Sierra Maestra Mountains surrounding that little horseshoe bay on Maria del Portillo Bay. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous spot. And not a place for shopping, not not a destination for that. But I mean, you can get trinkets, of course, but it's the scenery and the people that make that area so special. Not to mention the history, of course. It's very intriguing, the part of the history that took place there for Cuba. Absolutely. That's what I was um, thinking, is that it's it's so set in time to uh, a mm-hmm. time that was uh, so long ago, and the people there are so resilient. So what made you decide that you were going to start writing a, a series? <laughs> well, I've always been a writer, and I did a, um, I did a lot of time as a journalist, and then broke away from that to work on more fiction. And after I came back from Cuba the second time, really, I went twice in 2009, which, again, was a very unusual thing for me, but um, it just hooked my heart, and I started just effusively writing all kinds of things. And then my husband kind of sort of goaded me a little and said, hey, that that Fifty Shades of Grey book is doing really well. Why don't you write some smut and make us a million bucks? And so, well, I thought, okay, well, I'll try. Um, And it's not really full out smut, but there are some sex scenes. It's pretty hot stuff in some spots. But I included a lot of um, information about Cuban culture and history. And then the storyline follows a woman in her late 40s who basically comes of age um, while she's traveling in Cuba to flee um, a psychotic ex-husband who's tracking her down. She falls in love with the country and the people, just like you and I did. (laughs) And um, so the story just sort of bloomed from there. When I wrote the first book, I could see the thread of the storyline and how it would progress into the second novel and then the third. I love that. So as I said earlier that the book, really the the novel and the series draws on some of your own life experiences. Are you that 40 something woman who's coming of age in Cuba? No, no, I'm not. And and no, I did not have an affair with a handsome horseman. I'm happily married. (laughs) But I have a good imagination. Really, that's what it comes down to. A creative writer can make crap up, you know. (laughs) So, um, so I mean, I have to say I did draw on some of my own experiences, but more so regarding experiences that I had in Canada in my youth, not so much in Cuba, although I 
am very observant. I'm a people watcher and I read a lot about Cuba. So that's what has really imbued my writing is what I've observed and what I've read about Cuba and the interactions between um, tourists and the Cuban people. And one thing I, I just really need to shout out about Cuba is that it's such a magical place. I mean, it's hard not to let your imagination go wild when you're in a country <laughs> of uh, so much color and uh, vibrancy and, and salsa. Yes, yes. Yes, it is a wonderfully magical place for sure. So about how long did it take you from the time that you really sat down and started writing to come to this place where the first novel was happening and you were already in your head for the second novel. Oh, not not very long. Actually, the first novel just poured out. It just literally blah, <laughs> came right out. Um, I had to go back and do some editing, of course. But I think one of the things that really made a difference is that I was able to spend some significant chunks of time in Cuba at private bed and breakfast, Casa Particulars, and do some writing there. So that really helped me to, to focus. I wasn't distracted by a lot of other things that I would be at home. And I could also write about the sights, the smells, the sounds, waking up in Cuba, and it was I was doing it. So it made the writing so much more fluid for me. And then um, we started, it was a little bit complicated at first, because at first we thought maybe novels one and two would be amalgamated into one larger novel, but then that seemed too big, so we split them apart. So it was, it was one of those sort of crazy times that took a lot more time um, in the fussing about than the actual writing, and the editing always takes more time, in my experience, than writing itself. And so uh, it, it took a while till we got to the stage where we were ready to actually market the books to publishers, and then when we were picked up by a publisher, then we developed a timeline for the printing. And how can somebody get a copy of this book? Well, right now, um, the only way that you can get a copy is to order online from the publisher's website, ripplepress.ca. And that's R-I-P-P-L-E-P-R-E-S-S dot C-A. That sounds wonderful. And I know that everybody's going to want to grab up a copy of this and, and make their way to Cuba by reading this point because I know you're based in the U.S. They will ship to the U.S. It's not an unreasonable amount to ship it down there. Actually, the publisher tells me it's it's less to ship to the U.S. than some parts of Canada. Well, I'm glad you let us know that. That's really good information. So everybody get going. Look online. Grab a copy of uh, of Jenny's book. And Jenny, when we come back from the break, I want to talk to you more about Cuba, about the Cuban people. And you have kind of your ear on the ground on what's going on there now and, and see if we can get an update on, on what you know is happening to those wonderful people right now throughout this, this episode that we've been living through. Okay. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Jenny Cressman, and we're talking about Cuba. We're talking about Cuban kisses and Cuban wishes, and I'm excited. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way. And for the way, we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. 
Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Asheville. And welcome to Subiville. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Jenny Cressman. And Jenny is the author of Cuban Kisses, a novel that is actually part of a, a trilogy. Would you call it a trilogy, Jenny? Well, I've been hesitant to call it a trilogy in case I write a fourth book. <laughs> that makes you perfect know. sense. You, that's right. You never know. Well, Jenny, you had mentioned when we were talking before about when you first started going down to Cuba and you went with a couple of your girlfriends. And, and I know that since then you started taking groups down there uh, for art tours and uh, country tours, all kinds of tours. Give us an idea of, of how, uh, how you have kind of taken a step back from that this last year, but what you're thinking moving forward. Okay. So, yes, we had a group all geared up to go April of last year, and it had to be canceled because of COVID. Um, that, that group, the people in that group are still interested in going, but we don't have a time yet, so <laughs> unfortunately. But I am looking ahead at other thematic groups, and I have been talking with another writer friend who would be interested in leading workshops and also a photographer friend who again would be interested in leading workshops both of which would probably or at least the photography one be based at Morea del Portillo the writing one possibly elsewhere closer to Havana um, where we could you know take advantage of all the Hemingway stuff to to tour around but also another thing I'm working on is a using a smaller group for a bus tour or mini mini bus maybe a van tour because I'll keep the numbers limited and that would be going to the seven original cities of Cuba the oldest ones in the country Baracoa, Bayamo, Santiago, Trinidad, Camagüey, Sancto Spiritus and of course Havana so those cities were all founded by the Spanish in the early 1500s. And so I think that would make a really interesting theme for the tour to study all the history and how the Spanish had such a big influence on Cuba. You're just giving me goosebumps because <laughs> I know from my experience, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful country and there's so much rich history there. Uh, yes. So give us an idea of I know we don't have a timeline. We can't really say when when that will be. But you know people in Cuba, of course. You've been going there for so long. I'm sure you have friends and connections there. What are you hearing right now on how the Cuban people are doing and, and what they are looking at moving forward? Well, um, things are very tough right now because um, without the volume of tourists that they would normally expect. They're having a lot of financial difficulties, both um, the country itself and the individual people, because so many of them work in jobs that are associated with the tourist industry in some way. And supplies are, are really um, a struggle to get at this point because they don't have as much it coming into the country. So there are some intermittent food shortages throughout the country. Um, it's hard to get gas for traveling for and for cooking for you know both types. 
Um, so there are a lot of challenges that the Cuban people are facing right now, as well as the Cuban government, because um, without tourism, that's a, a huge hit. And so, you know, they, they talk about needing to lift the embargo. And I think that is a really important piece. The problems are not all exclusively because of the embargo, but it does have a big impact, definitely, on the um, ability of Cuba to trade with other countries, not just the U.S., but all over and even um, looking farther ahead though, the Cuban government has four different COVID vaccines in development right now. Um, one of them, a Soberina II, which means Soberina is sovereign. So that vaccine is the, the most viable candidate at this point. And they are also in the final stages of testing. Um, they intend, the Cuban government has said they intend to vaccinate their entire population of over 11 million people by the end of this year. And they will also then offer the vaccines to tourists. So I think it's a, a really cool thing that they're trying to do is that the health tourism factor has always been part of the equation for them, but now they're taking it to a new level by offering vaccines. And of the four, um, there are the two that are are later in development, Membisa and Abdala, which are named for historical reasons. One of them is a nasal spray vaccine, which for people who are afraid of shots, awesome. Go to Cuba, get the nasal spray, woo-woo. So I, I think that's a great step forward. And Cuba's planning to produce, I think, about 100, 100 million doses of Sobrana 2. And they don't need that many for their population. They would be setting aside from my reading, um, maybe 30 million doses for their own citizens and for tourists. But then they would make the rest available to other countries that needed it, particularly targeting countries that don't have access to some of the products that are available in North America. That is yet another reason why visiting Cuba, getting to know the Cuban people, they are so generous. They always are giving, 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 giving. And I know the people that I met were so loving and wanted to, even though they had so little, they wanted to give uh, meals and and little gifts. It was just, just mm-hmm. such a beautiful uh, beautiful people and beautiful country. So when that time comes, Jenny, you're going to be ready to go. You're going to have your yeah. your itineraries ready and and just get down there as fast as you can, won't you? Well, I certainly hope to. I, I mean, I do fully understand that some people won't be as comfortable traveling initially. So I may just try to slip down myself and do a little bit more exploratory work and make connections and reestablish some of the links I have there. For example, my travel agency, the one I'm affiliated with, P&G Travel, actually has an office in Havana. So I'd like to um, check in with them in person if I can. Um, And then you know, finalize things for how we're going to go about doing the the road trip of Cuba, as well as some other things that are on the horizon. And so I will be posting information about my trips when they're possible on my website, which is jenicacuba.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-C-A-C-U-B-A.com, jenicacuba. And again, it's affiliated with P&G Travel based in Toronto, but also with an office in Havana. So it's really a, an important piece for me to have those 
um, business connections, but then I've also developed, as you very, very astutely noted, connections with a lot of other people on my own in different parts of the country. Well, you're going to have to get them, get down there and get them your books. I bet they would love to read your books. Are you having it translated into Spanish? Um, Not at this point. Um, Perhaps one day. Uh, Some of my closest friends who really want to see the book, they speak actually pretty good English, so they'd be able to read it in English. But there's um, both Cubans and tourists that I've met at Maria del Portillo asked me, am I in it? Am I in it? (laughs) No, no, actually, it's it's made up. It's all made up. (laughs) You changed the names to protect the innocent. (laughs) Well, Jenny, I can't thank you enough for being on Speaking of Travel with us again. And I look forward to having you back on the show once we can get back down there and hang out. I I think yeah. there were about two or three times where we were so close <laughs> to being there at the same time and, and yes. being able to meet up. So I think that as we move forward, we're going to make that happen so that we can yeah. finally meet in person. I can hitchhike there with your tour, get on get on <laughs> your bandwagon. And tell us again how we can, A, get your book, and B, go to your website and see all of your information. Okay, the website for my information, jennicacuba.com. You can also find me on Facebook. I have a Jenica Cuba Facebook group. And also on Facebook, you'll find my author's page, author Jenny Cressman. And it will give you the link to the website for Ripple Press, which is ripplepress.ca, where you can order the book and have it shipped to anywhere you want. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for for taking some time and filling us in on the novels and what you're doing and a little bit of history on what's going on there in Cuba right now. And I just look forward to the time that we can be down there together and and hang out and visit that beautiful country. Absolutely. Well, thank you to Jenny and You know, this is a great time to get outdoors. It's getting to be a little bit warmer. And if you're looking for a way to really immerse yourself into the great outdoors this spring and eat some really great chocolate, coming up next is my guest, Rob Lefensky. He's the owner and founder of Madala Chocolate, which is an organic chocolate factory and Madala Springs, which is a sustainable retreat just off North Carolina's Blue Ridge Parkway. It is a must-go visit. Chocolate and the forest, stay tuned. You're going to be in for some really great information. Why not make the most of the beautiful winter season and plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect winter wonderland adventure in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. There are so many special places and awe-inspiring vistas around nearly every corner. And this is the perfect time to create safe and memorable adventures across western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. 
Buongiorno, this is Mark Smith, president of Private Italy Tours, LTD. Let's say you've never been to Italy, or have been, but you want to return on your own to explore specific, special locations in a country so many of us consider our soul's home. We offer professional, custom, boutique itinerary planning services for those who wish to create their own special journey across Bella Italia. From hotel and villa rentals, rental car arrangements, professional guide scheduling, and so much more, we will help make your trip safe and unforgettable. Private-Italy.com Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I have spent the better part of my life living in a paradise surrounded by trees. I love trees very much. And I have found the more that I spend time in the forest, going for a hike or sitting by a creek, the more I feel part of the whole world. And I feel inspired to do what I can to protect it. And we know now more than ever that being among trees reduces stress and improves our mood, which is very good for helping keep mental health issues at bay and even improve them. So when I heard there was a new eco-retreat that's surrounded by natural forest and the national forest just off the Blue Ridge Parkway where I could go camping and glamping and rent a tiny home or fish in a trout stream and do some hiking, I wanted to find out more. My guest today is Rob Lefensky. He's the owner and founder of Madala Chocolate, an organic chocolate factory, and Madala Springs, a peaceful, sustainable retreat on the edge of Pisgah National Forest. My goodness, can it get better than that? Rob, it is so great to have you here on Speaking of Travel, and I am excited to talk to you about your ventures. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me and thanks for having such an inspiring program. Well, thanks. And Rob, I want to know a little bit more about you. So why don't you let us know, give us a little backstory. Like, how did you even get so inspired to make something like this available and, and happen for us? Well, it's a combination. And, and it's part of, my, part of what I really enjoy is, is the convergence of holistic, healthy lifestyle choices. And a lot of that comes from a lifetime of traveling the world, living uh, really, uh, really intimately with the natural environment, studying ecology and working as a conservation ecologist, living and working in third world environments, living in places where water is a scarce resource, and living in places like we have right here, where we have water as one of the most abundant and, and pure resources you could ever hope for. And understanding that, you know, over time, discovering some of the fundamentals of what it takes to be a happy, healthy, holistically empowered human being living in direct coherence with the natural environment. And so, you know, there's no, there's no finer environment than Southern Appalachia to create such a project. I mean, this is the single most biodiverse place in the entire subtropical world. And we've got one of the most incredible water resources. And right here at Mandala Springs, we have 
beautiful perennial stream with trout in it running right through the property. Over 40 springs that are a gallon a minute or more. Some of them are just entire streams coming out of the side of the mountain. And uh, and this is, I mean, it's it's the it's one of the best places to create infrastructure to educate future generations, to create a retreat center for people to come and really get into some amazing nature and really, really saturate themselves in it. And it's really one of the best places to educate people about what it looks like to live in coherence with the natural world. There's no better place that exists on earth in my very biased opinion. Well, that sounds just absolutely wonderful. And there's so many ways to come and pay a visit up there, not only to learn so much about the natural world, but to relax and unwind and and even eat chocolate. Let's talk a lot. Let's talk a little bit about the chocolate because I feel like I want to come up there right now and just eat some. So tell us how that even got started. Yeah, you know, it's, there's there's a lot of mountain retreats out there and with tiny houses and yurts and beautiful places to stay, but there's not that many of them that have a raw organic uh, superfood chocolate craftery with its own event space to boot right there on site. And so, yeah, I've been making chocolate for uh, about 17 years and I've been teaching chocolate making workshops and uh, eventually, you know, about eight years ago, started Mandala Chocolate and uh, with the passion of using some of these wild herbs and mushrooms and the different superhero plants and mushrooms we have right here in Southern Appalachia that haven't really been getting a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the love that they deserve. So started making chocolate, integrating local herbs and uh, it grew and now we're fully certified organic. In fact, this land is certified organic for those wild herbs and mushrooms. And we're, uh, we're farming them in a way that's called wild simulated. And it's all forest farming. Basically, if you're walking through the woods, you would have no idea that there was anything being grown because it's native plants in their native habitats doing exactly what they would be doing in, in nature. And so it, we, we think that there's a lot, that's kind of the future of forest agriculture. And it's a really great uh, educational opportunity for the guests to come and stay here so they can check out what we're doing in that realm. And yeah, we make, we make stone ground chocolate straight from scratch using raw cacao beans and stone grinding them for three days with all the ingredients and hand tempering them and making the bars. And we do that all right here on site. And it's it's a really lovely process. It's a uh, chocolate. Dear God, what a what a fantastic and magical industry to be in. And, and I, I, there's a joke people like to liken this to Willy Wonka, but my joke is, you know, Willy Wonka had this kind of septic chocolate river that these kids were falling in, and kind of had a bunch of fake plants. We've got the most biodiverse, you know, ecosystem in the subtropical world, and we have spring water everywhere. I think we beat Willy Wonka handedly. For, for what we've got going on here. Well, I can tell you, I would like to grab that golden ticket and get up there as soon as possible because you've got it all going on. You've got the forest, you've got the water, you've got the chocolate, 
and the accommodations. So Rob, how can we get more information? How can people follow you? I know you've got some great YouTube videos that are out there. You do a lot of education and teaching of people of what's going on. How can how can we get more information? Great. So there's three crucial links. So first, mandalasprings.com will give you more information. Uh, we also have blueridgeparkwayglamping.com is another avenue to get uh, in touch with Mandala Springs. Mandala Chocolate, we have mandalanaturals.com is a gorgeous website uh, with lots of educational materials on the different superfoods we use, cacao, like the processes. It's a really beautiful resource. And then a lot of what we're doing here, besides the people coming and staying and getting into nature, we're teaching a lot of workshops. And I have an entire YouTube channel dedicated to holistic human empowerment and regenerative practices and connecting to the natural world. And that is Convergence Lifestyle. So if you go on YouTube and look up Convergence Lifestyle, I've got all kinds of fun videos there, including some really popular Wim Hof Method breathwork videos. I'm a, I'm a Wim Hof Method instructor. I teach people how to get into the cold and, and breathe and get control of their mental processes so they can, uh, yeah, you wake up every day and be the most empowered, healthy, and, and happy version of yourself that you deserve to be. So yeah, those three links, mandalasprings.com, Mandala Naturals, and Convergence Lifestyle on YouTube will give you a pretty good idea of the spirit of what's going on here. It all interconnects. Um, and it's, yeah, I just feel really blessed to be able to share what I share, live where I live, and, and do what I do for a living. Well, Rob, we are so grateful that you are doing all of those things and can't wait to get up there and, and have such a wonderful experience. And I want everybody to know that Rob will be back on Speaking of Travel to give us more information, talk more about his background, his travels, and certainly more about the chocolate. And Rob, I want to thank you too for being a partner with RomanticAsheville.com because this collaboration of everybody working together that is just uh, raising the tide for our entire community. So thank you so much for all that you do, and we'll look forward to having you back on Speaking of Travel. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Well, I think we can all say that this past year was one where we were actively looking for some recovery strategies to keep us going. And I have to say the airports were always on the forefront to ensure that their strategies were in line with building a better system to keep us safe when it was time to travel again. Well, we're getting closer now to that time, thank goodness, and coming up next is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport to highlight what new opportunities were created, what progress has been made, and the trends that will guide the next phase of recovery. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. 
To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I have a deep admiration for the aviation and airline industries. And this past year, they were hard hit. But the year also brought some unexpected opportunities for an industry that could be seen in peril. There are so many success stories in a year that was challenging and unprecedented. And there was always some small hint of hope amid the widespread desperation. Maybe hindsight is indeed 2020 because 2020 is a year that we'll look back on for lessons learned and for a deeper understanding of the industry's collective capacity to change and adapt. Right here at home, the Asheville Regional Airport has spent the last year reshaping the way things are done and have seized these opportunities to make a difference in creating an environment that is safe and will work for all of us as we begin traveling again. And here to highlight what the new era for the industry and the opportunities that have been created is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, it is so great to have you here and reflect on this year that was like no other. (laughs) You got that right. It's always good to be with you, Marilyn. Thank you. Well, Tina, we have been talking now for about 52 weeks, believe it or not. I know. And historically have traced the route that the aviation and airline industry has taken throughout what could be looked at as uh, a perilous time. There were so many things like bam, bam, bam happening all the time. And yet you were there on the ground seizing these opportunities to make things better. So let's talk a little bit about what has transpired over this last year, not only at the Asheville Regional Airport, but in the in the industry overall. Sure. So, you know, it's funny, you talked about 52 weeks. About a year ago, I was in, I had flown to New Orleans and it was right after Mardi Gras and there were thousands and thousands of people there. And we had heard about COVID-19, but, you know, we weren't really sure what was happening there. And I flew back and I remember just a few days later, that's when the World Health Organization declared it a global pandemic and everything changed. So, you know, it's been a year since then. And you're right. So much has happened for all of us, but in aviation, I'm telling you, it has been a really interesting year of just coming together, learning, digging in deeply, doing research, developing best practices, and coming together as an industry to to make the travel journey as safe and healthy as possible to really get through this 
this new era. And honestly, as we continue to move forward into 2021, we're beginning to see that a lot has changed probably forever. So give us some idea of those changes, because people are starting to get vaccinated. There's there's kind of more hope on the horizon that we're all going to be able to get back to something that somewhat resembles the way it was in the year before 2020. But like you said, it's going to be different. So give us an idea what those differences are going to look like. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that our mentality around public spaces has changed. And I think that is true of, you know, any public space that you go into. There is an expectation that there will be parameters put in place to protect our health and safety. And we foresee that those will continue into the future. You know, the enhanced cleaning procedures, those are here to stay. You know, that's, that's, good for us. It's good for that healthy journey uh, through public spaces. So that's here to stay. I think we're going to continue to see some social distancing, perhaps some sneeze guards, you know, that those might stay in our public spaces. And I suspect that we'll continue to see mask use in transit, you know, in all types of travel for a period of time, you know, of course, right now it's required. But even as those requirements lift, I imagine we'll continue to see some of that uh, continue. But I think more permanent changes will be uh, touchless technology, just really moving towards more and more touchless technology, which we've already have you know, in our world, but, uh, but that's going to continue. And I think more travelers are going to take advantage of touchless technology. You know, it's so funny, because I think back to a time when I would go to these travel and tourism shows, uh, conferences, big, big conferences with lots of people, each booth would have like little takeaways, pens and things like that. And they, they always had hand sanitizer. And it, oh, always, yeah. <laughs> it always seemed like that was the last thing people would pick up. And now when you think about it, hand sanitizer is like a given. You don't leave home without it. And I know that's one thing at the airport that you have stations for hand yes. sanitizing. We do. We do. We have that. And we've got uh, reminders to wash your hands often, you know, and those kinds of public service announcements, I think, are here to stay because it's proven that if we pay attention to washing our hands often and distancing and wearing those masks, you know, you really do prevent the spread of all kinds of virus and germs, uh, not just COVID-19. So it's, it is interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, Marilyn, we're already seeing as we, you know, we're here we are in March, we're looking at passenger numbers and we're already seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, those numbers are increasing. People are getting vaccinated and they are feeling ready and more comfortable. I think we're going to have a pretty busy summer coming up. I think so too. I think we have this pent up uh, desire now to, to get back out there. And like you said earlier, the research and the science and the technology that the industry just really uh, set in place 
so quickly and so methodically is making all of us feel safer that when we're ready, you're ready and we're going to be okay. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the big the big pieces of uh, research and technology that will stick with us. Now we know that air quality on commercial airplanes is very, very good. And I'm not sure everybody knew that before the pandemic. That's not new. It's, it's always been that way. But I think now we know. Well, now we know because we're here talking about <laughs> yeah. it. So it's so That's good right. because I think that's part of the moving forward is that communication is so much more out there, so much more transparent and honest and in in regard for us, for the customers to feel safe and secure. Absolutely. And so important. Well, Tina, how can we get more information, not only uh, about the Asheville Regional Airport, but we talk about the summer and there's so many new flights coming in. I was just telling a friend of mine the other day, just kind of bragging on you that all these new flights were going to be able to go to Boston and Chicago and Washington, D.C. and Las Vegas. How can we get more information? Sure. Visit us at our website, and that is flyavl.com, and you can connect with us in so many different ways. Uh, We have a monthly e-newsletter. We're on all the social media platforms, and then we do try to keep information current on our website as well. Well, Tina, thank you so much. I look forward to the next 52 weeks. I think that there's going to be so much more information, and I I always want to just kind of shout out to your team over there and the people who are diligently working at the airport to keep us safe and and healthy and just come in day after day after day and do the best that they can. Thank you all. Oh, thanks, Marilyn. That means a lot. Well, thanks to Tina and thanks to Jenny and Rob for being on Speaking of Travel today. You know, I love when I hear positive stories from a year unlike any we have ever experienced and hopefully never will experience again. And looking back, I've been so inspired by the people I've spoken with on Speaking of Travel. It became very clear early on that by holding on to memories of past times and reminding ourselves we can look forward to a future when we can all be together again was the glimmer of hope we all needed. The seeds we're planting now to create a better world are rooted in kindness and making commitments to rebuild better. And we've realized that the important gestures like wearing a mask, washing our hands, and social distancing really do make a difference. And we must all be giving our best efforts to make the world a better place for everybody. So this week, go outside for a walk and look back and reflect on all the positive things that came up for you this year and all the strength that you've acquired. Let's look forward to the future when we'll be hugging again and traveling again and not taking anything for granted. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Run.